Today is Thursday, December 22nd, 2022, and Merry Christmas. Bombshell revelations out of the Cary Lake trial shock the entire state of Arizona, and the Democrat leadership in that state are in panic. Congress gives Zelensky standing ovation as he demands more U.S. money and disgraces America flying a Ukrainian flag at the center of our government. And let you know who these people work for. Omnibus stalls as Title 42 amendment causes major problems. Can we? save america we'll find out today my name is benny johnson and this is the benny show ladies and gentlemen welcome 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 you know we are fans of carrie lake on this program you know that we are also realists on this program and we are very very upset at what happened to carrie lake so let's start with the facts and then we will dive into what was uh, absolute nuclear revelations yesterday inside of the trial of Kerry Lake, the trial of the century, the trial of the voting mechanisms and institutions broken as they may be inside of Maricopa County. Now, this is what we know. You are not a conspiracy theorist to ask questions. It is actually important. It is a prerequisite to our functional republic for us to ask questions of the systems that guide us. Asking questions about broken systems is how we were able to integrate schools and how we were able to get rid of segregation and how we were able to get rid of slavery. Asking questions about broken systems that do not function and that strip away rights of American citizens is fundamentally important. And so you must join me here in this very simple multiplication table. All right. Do Americans have the right to vote? If you are an American citizen, do you have the right to vote? If you have the right to vote, and the answer, of course, is yes, if you are a legal American citizen, then you also have the right to make sure that the voting systems that are put in place that are funded the tune of hundreds of millions or billions of dollars in your local precinct or congressional district cost a lot of money to get these systems up and running, that they run on Election Day. You pay for them, and so they should function. Now, let me explain to you what I saw personally. We can explain to you what the data shows, but I can explain to you what I saw because I stood on the ground in Maricopa County the day of the election, November 8, 2022. I went to multiple polling locations personally, took out my camera and I filmed and I filmed thousands of people standing in line, thousands of people during my time there over the course of hours, cars and parking lots backed up all the way to the Walmart, down the street to the strip club to the convenience store. People were waiting in line up and down the roads. I went to multiple locations out into the greater regions of Maricopa County. And these places were backlogged. People were telling me that they had to wait in line for hours. People telling me that their printers were broken. And lo and behold, the official tally shows that somewhere between a quarter of the official polling locations had major malfunctions, breakages, and massively long lines. That is beyond dispute. That is empirical, demonstrable evidence that happened. The printers broke, the machines wouldn't read, and thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people were told, ah, just leave your ballot here. Or as we know now, thousands of people checked in at a polling location and were unable to spoil their ballots. And so then they were essentially just locked up for the rest of the day and told, well, there's nothing we can do. You can put your vote into this little cardboard box. They call it box three. And then they took those ballots and they brought them downtown. And then, of course, we waited for days and days and days, for weeks, literally, 
for them to count the election. In Florida, we count 11 million votes in one night. One night, by 9 p.m., you knew that DeSantis won by about 9 billion points. One night. But in Arizona, we get this. I mean, we get, we, I mean, the Republic of Congo has more transparent, clear, consistently run elections. So a couple things here. One, who's to blame for all this? Well, there are a bunch of scumbags who run Maricopa County and their elections divisions. These arrogant pricks were on camera yesterday in the courtroom. These people, Stephen Richard, Bill Gates, they come to mind. But a bunch of others. These people are part of a cabal of old McCain people who hate Carrie Lake and were not incentivized to run a clean election. But I don't actually blame them. I don't hold them accountable. To be quite honest with you, I hold accountable the Republicans who are in charge of the state because it is quite frankly up to the Republican Party, Republican Senate and House and governorship that had a free and clear shot on goal to pass election reform law and to kill this kind of tomfoolery that's being generous, calling it what it is. What can we call it? Well, ladies and gentlemen, you can call it interference because when hundreds of thousands of people are not able to vote, that's interference in an election, period. But we're going to find out in uh, great detail, in living color, how bad it actually went. This wasn't just inconsistencies and ignorance. What Carrie Lake is proving right now is that it was malevolence and that there were deep abiding institutional breakages that, according to the testimony of experts, were broken on purpose. Let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. Carrie Lake trial reveals 42 percent of improper ballots in examination. Testimony points to voter disenfranchisement. Now, what does this mean? Improper ballots. That's interesting. Improper ballots. We're going to jump right in here, baby. Ballots reviewed in Wednesday's examination of ballots in Maricopa County for November's gubernatorial elections were not valid, according to Republican candidate Carrie Lake's team. A tweet from Carrie Lake's war room said that 48 out of the 113 ballots reviewed during the examination were 19-inch ballots produced on 20-inch paper. Let's break that down. What does that mean? Well, okay. starting uh, step number one, Carrie Lake is being granted access to the actual crime scene, to the evidence at a crime scene. All right. This is something Donald Trump was never granted uh, when he challenged elections in 2020. So let's let's take a step back and state, wow, this is pretty impressive that Carrie Lake is getting this kind of access. Now, what does this mean? What is she finding? What does 19 inch on 20 inch ballots mean? It is Christmas. So let's say this is the ballot. All right. This is the this is the ballot that they print that they print the voter card on. All of you presumably voted. You were handed a ballot. I was handed a ballot here in Florida. I voted early in Florida, by the way. Had to use two forms of identification and a signature match to vote early. Just in case you're wondering. It's like getting into Fort Knox to vote early here in Florida. It was awesome. And it was convenient for me. And it totally worked out. So they handed me a ballot. What they are finding now is that the ballots that were printed on this paper with the machines to read them, they were printed incorrectly, meaning the machines were spitting them out because the machines weren't reading them. The machine is simply uh, cataloged and the machine is calibrated 
in order to read a very specific set of lines specifically on the paper. Okay, you're going to vote here. You're going to vote there. You're going to vote here. You're going to vote there. Here's your vote for governor. If this is black or if this is black, that means Carrie Lake or Katie Hobbs. Tick, tick. The ballots were printed incorrectly. Is There is no other way to state it. The ballots were printed in a manner that the machine can't read it. You go check out at Whole Foods, you go scan your you go scan your ticket at an NFL game, you go do whatever, you know, whatever. You know, you, you scan Apple Pay. If you're not holding it up to the reader correctly, it won't scan. You sc- you probably scan a barcode once a day. You check out at CVS, you scan a barcode. If you're not holding it there correctly, if the machine is not calibrated correctly, and if you are not reading a piece or a line on a piece of paper correctly, it won't read it. And that's what happened to the ballots. You want the brass tacks? That's what they found out. Those are parts of the bombshell, ladies and gentlemen. The one-inch discrepancy caused chaos on election day, causing mass rejection of the ballots. This is a massive bombshell because somebody had to have administration settings, administrative settings, in order to print the ballots incorrectly. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is the holiday season, and we were expecting to find a wonderful glowing red present under our Christmas tree, a red wave, and unfortunately, it was more like a red wave for a kiddie pool. And so we may be left with more disastrous spending from Joe Biden, more taxes and deepening inflation. How do you protect what you have saved? The answer is to diversify your IRA or 401k into precious metals. And you should do that with my friends at Birch Gold Group. Text Benny to 989898. Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. These are great people with almost 20 years' experience in converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals, something with real value. Don't allow the left to devalue your savings, especially this Christmas. Text Benny to 989898 to claim your free no-obligation info kit on Birch Gold. Again, you can own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account, and Birch Gold will help you do it. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out now. Text Benny to 9898. 98 to secure your future. Go gold. Do it today. This wasn't a machine error. Machines do what the human beings tell them to do. A poor craftsman blames his tools, as my grandfather used to say. The machines are simply tools. And so somebody inputted malevolently, who knows, the incorrect size of the ballots. Now, I am no election expert, but cybersecurity expert witness Clay Parkin was brought to trial yesterday by Carrie Lake's team. This cybersecurity expert, who is an expert on these voting systems, these machine systems, had this to say as it pertains to a size rejection. You've heard previous testimony. Were you here for Mr. Jarrett's testimony? Yes, sir, I was. And did you hear Mr. Jarrett testify that in the November 2022 general election, a 20-inch ballot was used? Yes, sir, I did. Would a 19-inch ballot image projected on a 20-inch piece of paper used in the election in Maricopa for November 2022 have when it was placed into one of these vote center tabulators? It would cause it to be rejected. So it would cause it to be rejected. All right. You take your pen. 
This is how I voted. How did you vote at home? Let me know. Did you vote by mail? I'm very interested. Let me know in the comment section. Did you vote by mail? Did you vote on the same day? We were messaging, and I was messaging personally, and I will absolutely take accountability for telling people to vote same day uh, because the people that I knew best uh, in Arizona were saying, hey, this is the way to do it. And so I said, all right, fine. I'll message that. If you can vote same day, you can vote same day. You can overwhelm the polls and so on and so forth. What happened is people came in same day. They used their marker to mark on a ballot a bubble that said Carrie Lake. And then they run it into the machine. And the machine is set to read a 20-inch ballot. The lasers look down through the machine to count the Carrie Lake vote that you just marked. And it goes, there's no vote here. There's no vote here. Because the ballots are all off. The mechanisms are all off. Who printed the ballots incorrectly? This happened to thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people on election day. Their votes were not counted. This election expert went on to answer that question. Who could have possibly done this to the people of Arizona? Who could have disenfranchised these people in Arizona? Go ahead and listen again to cybersecurity expert Clay Parkin. Use that that laptop should be used for. Is there any way, in your opinion, for a 19-inch ballot image to be projected on a 20-inch ballot by accident? No, sir. Why not? Because the settings and the configurations and the procedures that are used cannot allow that. These are not a bump up against the printer and the settings change. There are security, there are security configurations. I've reviewed the evidence and the printers are configured via script, which by any large organization that has to do multiple systems is a standard. This takes away the human error of somebody miscoding and then the instructions either on the printer. So this election expert is telling us that you have to have authorized access at the highest possible levels. You're talking like Katie Hobbs here. Do you remember when we would call for days and days for Katie Hobbs to recuse herself? Why is Katie Hobbs allowed to oversee the election of herself and her opponent? Doesn't that sound like a conflict of interest? Sure does to me. But here we go. Somebody at Katie Hobbs' level had to have changed the ballot printer settings in order to print the ballots incorrectly. We have an example of what it looks like to print a 19, a 19-inch ballot on a 20-inch piece of paper. Now, it might look subtle to you, but to anyone who reads or scans any device, anyone who works in electronics, have a look at your screen. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the difference. Do you see the top bars there on the 19-inch ballot, which is the one closest to me? The 19-inch ballot there. The top bars are not readable because they are off. They're not linear because they are off. Therefore, all of the markings on the ballot also are not readable to a highly sophisticated and calibrated machine. Now, if you were counting all your ballots in person, if you were doing only paper ballots and counting all ballots in person, this wouldn't be a problem because presumably the human being would be able to look at the ballot and say, oh, yeah, that's a vote, that's a vote. But the machines don't. And that is where all of the footage of the machines rejecting ballot after ballot after ballot after ballot on Election Day came. I spoke with an election worker myself. I physically went to Phoenix and stood there in line and spoke with an election worker. And this election worker told me she's never seen anything like it. By the way, don't blame these people. 
They're little old grannies, okay? I spoke with a little old granny. She's like, I don't know. I'm so scared. I've never seen anything like it. They just keep rejecting the ballots. We just keep putting them in and they keep spitting them back out. We don't know what to do. So we're just going to send all the ballots downtown. That's what she told me. I have it on camera. She's sitting there terrified because she can't do her job. Don't blame those people. Ladies and gentlemen, what they're finding out is total and complete illegality based on Arizona election law. And this, of course, is a flaming bombshell. Who gave the order? Who had the administrative access to go in and change the ballot discrepancies, how they are printed so that the machines couldn't read them correctly? Again, if this was happening in Atlanta, if this was happening in Atlanta, in like a majority minority community, if this was happening somewhere where Democrats were presumably like hoping to get a large amount of votes on Election Day, this would be the number one news story of our time. This would be written down in the history books. This would be the new January 6th. But it's happening in Maricopa County where there are presumably millions of people who wanted to cast a vote for Kerry Lake on Election Day. Democrats had already gone out and vote harvested, had already gone out and gobbled up their ballots. Those ballots had already been counted. And Democrats knew where their margins were. And they knew how many people had to get frustrated and walk away. You got kids? I got kids. Yo, it is hard enough to go to the grocery store. Imagine standing in line to vote. My wife and I went out grocery shopping last night. It was like, it was like, it was like Vietnam with my children. Okay? This is, I'm like sitting in the car. I am, sit, I am personally sitting in the car listening to bo- both my daughters are screaming at the top of their lungs. This was like a 45-minute grocery store run, all right? And when you have little kids, one gets the other going, and the other gets the other going, and it's just pandemonium. And then you're sitting inside of a car. It's like being in a submarine with two little screaming girls. You ever, like, life is hard, and people are busy, and particularly Republicans have jobs and lives and people who love them. Republicans have sex. They, like, have kids. They have families. That Like, people want to marry them. People want to marry us because we're attractive and awesome, and we work and we provide, and therefore we have responsibilities outside of, um, uh, you know, z- z- uh, z- Zoom calls uh, uh, and uh, Lululemon wearing. I don't know what, what are the what are the cla- what are the yoga classes called? Uh, soul cycle. Soul cycle. That's right. The soul cycle. <laughs> soul cycle. Ladies and gentlemen, we have lives. So we need to go and get our votes done and then leave. And people can't wait for hours and hours and hours on end. And that is called disenfranchisement. But it doesn't stop there. In another Election Day tweet, this is how they've disenfranchised Maricopa County voters on Election Day. The ballots were designed to be unable to read through the machines. This wasn't an error. This was malice. This process worked exactly as it was intended to. This is what Carrie Lake's war room was tweeting. And she's right. And this is what she has to prove in court. For the judge to be able to say, wait a second, uh, you get a redo. And the judge could very well, this judge could very well say, nope, we're going to revote. These precincts or this area gets to revote. We're going to do another election day. The, uh, I am, I kid you not, this judge could say this. This is not a false hope. This judge could absolutely do this. This judge could also declare Carrie Lake the winner. This is what's at stake right now for Katie Hobbs. This judge could say, uh, yeah, actually, this meets the threshold of fraudulence. Katie Hobbs was overseeing the election. Carrie Lake is the winner. This could happen. We'll see. 
Carrie Lake needs to meet a excruciatingly high threshold and prove malice and prove absolute functional election interference institutionally in Maricopa County. And I think that she's almost there. This race between Hobbs and Lake was decided by less than 18,000 votes with the Democratic candidate winning 1.2 million and Carrie Lake winning 1.2 million and, well, 18,000 less. The counts put forward by Lake's team contest her loss. Most counts were thrown out by Maricopa County Supervisor Court Peter Thompson. These are counts of criminality. Eight were tossed out, but two are allowed to proceed. Maricopa County wants you to believe that they are so incompetent that all the problems on Election Day must have been mistakes. Would that make it any better if the election were run by clowns and crooks, Carrie Lake had to say? This was no accident, and we're done with the circus. The other thing that the trial found is that there's no chain of custody. Now, this is, of course, in total violation of Arizona law. This is why I'm pissed off at the Republican Party of Arizona, because the Republican Party of Arizona did not write enough into law to protect their elections to stop this from happening. You know, there's an election count timer on Election Day in Florida. Every county needs to get their elections in and counted and the tabulated in 24 hours after the election. Now, that might seem like a really long amount of time, but that's the law here. And then the state takes over. If you go for a second over 24 hours, the state assumes that something's wrong, that tomfoolery is up. And so they will kick you out, probably take you to prison and then take over the election for you. And if you were trying any tomfoolery, they'll find it out. That's how it works in Florida. Ron DeSantis also, in our election integrity bill, passed an election crimes unit that is specifically funded to look into election crimes. And by the way, they put dozens of people in jail for illegally voting in Florida. Felons now. Good. Shocking how every single time we cover that case, it's always the Democrat who's getting multiple illegal votes by illegal immigrants and so on and so forth. The cases are real. We've covered them on the on the program. But the Republicans in Arizona lacked the testicular fortitude to actually protect their elections. And so now we have these chain of custody problems. Instead of putting the fear of God in the people running your elections that you'll go to jail if you mismanage this election, which is exactly what happened in its most courteous of sense, in its most generous sense, it was mismanagement. In its most primal sense, it was malice. According to Carrie Lake and her testimony and her arguments in court. There was no chain of custody. The county recorder, Stephen Richer, confirms the chain of custody was broken and they do not count ballots at vote centers, which is law in Arizona. Have a listen. You can look at the forms and add the numbers, correct? You could have a staff member do that. Well, we added them up. We, they're not counted at the individual voting locations. They are counted when they get back to MCTEC and then they are recounted at uh, Runback. Centers, the voting centers, how many are in the bins? When the ballots leave, the early ballots leave the voting centers, no, they are not counted at the voting centers. So nobody knows how many are in the bins when they arrive at MCK, correct? Correct. But according to your testimony, they contain documents that tell you how many are in the bins? No, they contain chain of custody documents. And it's your testimony that you count them at MCK? Correct. They have no idea how many votes are coming in. They have no clue because the votes couldn't be counted inside of the vote centers. They were thrown into a cardboard box and brought downtown. No chain of custody in violation of Arizona law.
You just heard the man there. That, you just heard the man there. He's not lying. He's under oath. Stephen Richer, I mean, this is minutia, but it's they're violating the law. They broke the chain of custody, and they have no idea how many votes are being brought in. This is, of course, what the Arizona GOP said in a tweet that went viral yesterday, that Arizona law specifically states that you have to count the ballots at the vote centers, and that they did not have any clue how many ballots they were counting. Again, breaking the law. So, ladies and gentlemen, what, like, what, what are, where, where are we now? Where are we now? Carrie Lake is going in hard on the, hey, they broke the machines, okay? They broke the machines, they broke the systems, and the people who wanted to vote for me were not able to. Trial is going to restart again here very, very soon, and we'll give you any breaking details as they come up. Uh, Scott Jarrett, who is the elections director, co-chair in Arizona, answered questions about disruptions in the midterm election. This we thought was a damning clip. Have a listen to Mr. Scott Jarrett here. So you, you don't believe that what happened on November 8th was not a disruption in the election process? I do not couch it as that. Are you aware that uh, Supervisor Gate uh, came out on election day and said 20% of all vote centers were affected by uh, these issues with ballots being rejected by the tabulators? Again, we didn't have ballots rejected by tabulators. They were not being read in by tabulators. But that's not a disruption when voters still had valid options to participate in dropping in those ballots in our secure door number three, which is a similar process that eight other counties use as their only option for voters to be able to return their ballots. Yeah, Mr. Jerry, you're not answering my question. My question isn't what other options existed for voters. My question is, would you agree that there was a disruption of at least 20% of the vote centers in Maricopa that caused delays in the voting process. Objection, Your Honor. The witness has already answered this question as to whether he characterizes it as a disruption. Yeah. I'll overrule if you can answer it. You may, sir. I'm not changing my response. Okay. So this is the pretentious, smarmy, uh, parsimonious, arrogant, indifferent election official there. Who knows what he did? Who knows exactly how they broke this system? Because it's available for all of us to read here from NPR. One in five polling locations in Maricopa County, Arizona, were experiencing technical problems on their ballot tabulator machines in the hours of election day, the hours when people vote before work. Again, Republicans have lives. We have lives. We have family lives. We have sex lives. We have work lives and otherwise. Well, again, we're not we're not covered in Cheeto dust in our mother's basement, like most leftists spending all day tweeting. So these people, these people don't think that it was a disruption to have 25% of the voting locations not work. Again, if this were happening inside of a, uh, in, inside of an, a majority minority community in Atlanta under Brian Kemp's stewardship and a quarter of the polling places Inside of a heavily Democrat vote on day 
vote day of population, it would be seen again. This would be seen as Pearl Harbor. This would be seen as January 6th. But it's not because they got the result that they wanted. Bill Gates on the day of the election, looking us in the eyeball and saying that a quarter of all of our polling locations don't work on election day. Your sole job. Just for posterity, we decided to pull up the old clip. Please have a watch. Things are going great out there, but there's one thing that we wanted to address to make people aware of today, and that has to do with our tabulators. We've got about 20% of the locations out there where there's an issue with the tabulator where some of the ballots that after people have voted them, they try and run them through the tabulator and they're not going through. But the good thing is, is we do, first of all, we're trying to fix this problem as quickly as possible. And we also have a redundancy in place. If you can't put the ballot in the tabulator, then you can simply place it here in where you see the number three. And this is a secure box where those ballots will be kept. Mm hmm. Are you seeing it now? Did you catch that? Did you see it? Did you see it with me? Did you catch it? That's right. You saw it. On the day of the election, they were prepared with a video sitting there in suits, all dressed up with a machine ready to go to explain to you that the ballots that someone intentionally misprinted as pursuant expert testimony inside of the courtroom in the Cary Lake trial, somebody intentionally misprinted the ballots so they could not be read by the machines. Somebody with administrative access, high level, misprinted the ballots so the machine would reject them, causing chaos, backups, lines at polling centers where they knew there would be a heavy voter same day turnout for Cary Lake. They caused chaos. This caused major discrepancies on election day with people saying, don't put it in box three, do put it in box three. Who's counting box three? Where do the votes go? Do the votes even count on election day? There were huge problems. And I saw them for myself. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we are seeing plain as day, rock solid evidence of a institutional and structural malevolence against Carrie Lake's campaign and the same day votes that heavily favor Republicans inside of a must win district for Carrie Lake, Maricopa County. She had to perform in Maricopa County. Carrie Lake was leading. And here we get it. Here we do get into the I don't think we actually have the graphic available, but it comes to mind. Carrie Lake was leading by double digits before the election in every national poll, the leftist polls. Some of the leftist polls had Carrie Lake up by nine, 10 points. Some of the more center right polls had her up by 11 points. We had Carrie Lake on the program to talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, days before the election, a local news broadcaster put up the exact margin at which Carrie Lake lost the election. They put it up the night of the election. Tucker Carlson said, you know, these people are not panicking about you. They're acting as though they have this thing wired. And what Carrie Lake is revealing right now in court, and she will have another day in court today. 
And the day in court yesterday shocked us beyond uh, anything we were expecting. She'll have another court day in court today. But what was revealed yesterday was beyond any expectations of institutional malfeasance, malevolence, and corruption being exposed in trial, according to expert witnesses, and according to the Carrie Lake campaign examining the evidence itself. So if you are a believer, say a prayer for Carrie Lake and her fight right now. She's exposing a great deal of corruption, and we'll see what the judge has to say. Carrie Lake says she'll take it to the Supreme Court. This evidence is pretty shocking and very alarming. Who gave the order to misprint the ballots? There are three pieces of demonstrable evidence that show you that Carrie Lake and the way that the election was run was illegal via Arizona law. What's going to happen next? We'll wait and we'll see and we'll pray. Somebody we won't be praying for is Volodymyr Zelensky, who received a standing ovation from the aging orthopedic shoe wearing leadership class in Congress as they held in their dentures and waved a foreign nation's flag at the floor inside of the well of our people's house. Something that should get you kicked out of Congress, quite frankly, for doing. These people are disgraces, traitors to our country. They are sidling us with unpayable debt, $100 billion so far in unpayable debt to a foreign war. Ladies and gentlemen, I tweeted a lot about how Zelensky, Tucker Carlson says he looks like the manager of a strip club. Um, I said he looks sort of like a Eastern European mafioso. just walking around in a tracksuit. People were seizing on that on Twitter. Um, I don't care. That's what I think. But it, what he wore was 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 far less relevant than what he does and what our leadership class are doing in this conflict. What they are doing in this conflict is begging for World War III. They're going to put offensive weaponry in the hands of someone who cannot account for any of the money that we've sent him or where it's going for a dictator who Zelensky is a dictator. He's banned free speech. He's banned free press and he's banned Christianity inside of Ukraine. What do you mean he's banned Christianity inside of you? Read the read the New York Times. Read the far the far right institution, the New York Times. He's banned the Russian Orthodox Church. He's raided their coffers. He's arrested their priests. He's banned he's banned the oldest Christian denomination in Ukraine. He's banned free speech. He's banned free press. By every standard and every metric, Zelensky is an un-American, by our standard, immoral, anti-Christian despot. And we are now giving him more than $100 billion totaled. Guy's on his way to a trillion dollars we have forked over to him. Why? Why? Well, my takeaway on this is a couple things. One, our Congress hates you. They don't care about you, the fact that you can't pay for groceries or afford gasoline or your mortgage. The fact that many millions of Americans live in squalor if you go through our inner cities 
if you go through the decrepit, hollowed out, crumbling infrastructure throughout America, $100 billion means $200 million per congressional district. Every one of you watching this right now, if you live inside of America, you live inside of a congressional district. Your congressman presumably voted $200 million per congressional district. What, what, what could $200 million do to help your congressional district? Ted Lieu was tweeting at me this morning. He represents L.A., District 33, Huntington Beach, Vero Beach. Member of Congress. Come at, you, come, come at you, boy. You best not miss. Man, we destroyed him because I was just in his district. The rot, the homelessness. The slaughter of homeless people. There's hundreds of homeless people killed on the street in Ted Lieu's district. Did you know that? Here in America. You know, there's a lot of war zones in Ukraine that don't have that kind of casualty rate, but they don't care. They don't care about you. They won't fund the border. They'll fund the borders of Tunisia, Egypt, Eastern European countries. They won't give a penny to border security. In fact, in the omnibus that's working its way through the Senate, another prayer request, pray that that thing goes down in flames. We'll see what happens. The omnibus is working its way through the Senate. Uh, no funding for border security. Zero in our country. In case you're wondering if these people hate you. They hate you. They hate you. And you're, you, there's no such thing as Republican leadership. Call call them what they are. They're Democrats. It's like a unipart. They're Democrats. Okay? And these scum sat there. These scum sat there and applauded. Yes. Yes, nobody should be hurt. I have a rule on this program. I do not cheer for the uh, for the for people to be hurt or bombed or attacked, whether it's Paul Pelosi or whether it's people in you know mother in Ukraine. I don't like that. I don't want that. But I also have a rule on this program, which is that as Americans, we take care of ourselves first. We can take care of our people first. It is our Christian duty. Tucker Carlson gave an incredible introduction to Zelensky yesterday. I mean, it was just it, it was just absolutely primo. One of the best I've ever seen. Texted him afterwards and said, this is this is the this is one of the best you've ever done. He cuts so to the quick. Tucker does as he's been a reporter, father uh, uh, and somebody who's been observing America over this last five decades. He's in his 50s, last five decades and the 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 rot that our aging leadership class has brought to this country. And he just says it so perfectly, watch. You're watching special Fox News coverage of President Zelensky's address to the US Congress as the American border collapses completely. Our Congress turns its fawning attention to the border of Ukraine and the man our Congress has been funding with your tax dollars to prosecute a war whose consequences may be much more profound than most Americans understand is still going. That speech is expected to wrap up in just a minute. We think it's important you hear it. We'll be back when it's over. Mm, okay, here's what that speech did sound like. Have a uh, have a listen to this ovation. And there he is. Yes, that was uh, President Zelensky dressed in his traditional fatigues. His uh, uh, what what we see him wearing when we see him appearing on television frequently, frequently from uh, from Ukraine. There he is. You can see a number of members of Congress again. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, the Republican Leader Mitch McConnell. They are seated on opposite sides of the aisle. And as we say, you can't stress enough, it's one of the rare moments when the two sides are, are in some agreement. So here he is. He's greeting Vice President Kamala Harris. 
and uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. So, and receiving what is clearly a warm welcome from both sides of the aisle uh, in the House. And again, they're in the House chamber. These are House members, but also members of the Senate. Yeah, one of the one of the rare moments of agreement. She's right, that PBS correspondent, because this is our leadership class agreeing to F over Americans in favor of a foreigner, a darling foreigner in a tracksuit. As Tucker Carlson says, looks like the manager of a strip club coming through and fleecing the American taxpayers. How are you going to explain that to your grandkids? You know, everyone in that room, most of them are 80 years old, 70 years old, aging octogenarians. They don't have much time left. I got little kids. I got a seven month old. How am I going to explain $100 billion in debt that we cannot service? The interest on the debt will be reaching trillions of dollars. The interest on our debt right now is $500 billion. So the interest will be reaching trillions of dollars. Where's that go? To them. This is morally reprehensible. This is pseudomasticism by a uniparty that is so disconnected from the country that it represents that would actually applaud for a line like this from anti-Christian dictator Voldemort Zelensky. Listen. Thank you very much. Thank you for both financial packages you have already provided us with and the ones you may be willing to decide on. Your money is not charity. It's an investment in the global security and democracy that we handle in the most responsible way. Oh, really? Because I've seen plenty of photos of Azov battalion members who are Nazis. Real Nazis. This is just pretty incredible. And it gets, I think, to I it gets, I think, to a point of 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 why this is happening, if I may. These people are the last generation who remembers World War II. Pelosi, Biden, McConnell, they're in their 80s. Pelosi, Biden, McConnell, they're all in their 80s, which means they were born in the 40s. So they were born. Maybe they don't remember World War II, but they were born during World War II, World War II ongoing. I think that Joe Biden was born in 1944. So these people are raised essentially in the shadow and by veterans, presumably, of World War II, surrounded by veterans of World War II. And so they view the world in such simple blockchain, okay, such simple, stark relief, okay? The event horizon for them is really, really uh, nostalgically special, a war in Eastern Europe involving Russia, involving Nazis. The weird part about this is that now these people who are the last ones to like presumably remember World War II, this aging orthopedic shoe wearing denture clad leadership class of us who are clearly in the onset stages of dementia, all of them, McConnell, you heard him talk, Pelosi holding in her dentures, like shaking like a fentanyl addict, Joe Biden incapable of speaking the English language. We have a clip from him here in the show in just a second. These people are trying to recreate World War II, and they're going to recreate World War III, actually, by funding the Nazis. 
Fact check me on that. I want it. Fact check me on that. Azov Battalion, what is it? Because I can show you the photos of the generals that we fund with swastikas tattooed on their wrists, waving swastika flags, and Zelensky defending those people. Well, Zelensky himself persecutes Christians and shuts down all dissent like a dictator. And these people cheer for him because it's an investment. What's the return on investment exactly? What did my kid, what, why do my kids owe you anything in Ukraine? Why do my kids deserve to go into debt and live impoverished, live in a broken, poor country because of Ukraine? What exactly has Ukraine done for me? What exactly has Ukraine done for America? Somebody explain that to me. I am not in favor of bad things happening to them or bad things happening to people here or bad things happening to anyone anywhere. I do not like the war in Ukraine. I also don't like the Iraq war or the Afghanistan war. I also don't like foreign wars. Foreign wars are how great nations and empires collapse. And that is ultimately why I'm against this. It seems to be perfectly poised to be nostalgia bait for a dementia-riddled leadership class who are, I mean, it is beyond me. The founding fathers were in their like 20s and 30s. The average age of the founding father was like 25 when they founded this nation. And now what's the average age of the U.S. Senate? 85? Something bad happens to you. Something wrong happens in your skull. As you get older, you get weaker, sadder, more sentimental. You can see this in Joe Biden. You become more easy to control. And there's something fundamentally and systemically wrong and rotted about our country and how we do business. And they're taking advantage of these old, doddering fools leading them by the nose and leading us right over the edge of World War III. And guess what? We're the ones funding the Nazis this time. At least in that, at least in that conflict, we were fighting on the side of Russia in World War II. And I'm not arguing that we should fight on the side of Russia. But I am also against arguing that there are some type of better angels here. Clearly, clearly, there are problems in this part of the world, and there are problems in a lot of parts of the world. I'm saying that foreign entanglements is empire killers, are empire killers. And that we cannot afford this war, and we could not afford the Iraq war, and we could not afford the Afghanistan war. And that this is evil to do to our unborn generation of Americans to saddle them with this debt. To defend a country so vigorously, the country's border so vigorously across an ocean when we do not defend our own country's border. Somebody who should understand that is Nancy Pelosi. She's from California. But of course, she was behind Volodymyr Zelensky, waving his flag and literally shoving his denture, her dentures out of her mouth in his direction in probably the only time of extreme deep pity I've ever had in public for Volodymyr Zelensky uh, when he was forced uh, to to rub dentures with Nancy Pelosi. Here's the image. This should never happen in America. This is a disgrace to you. It's an insult to your country. The waving of a foreign flag 
inside of the well of your capital. Should never happen in America. Tucker Carlson continued to call, uh, again, Zelensky a strip club manager while he strip mines uh, American generosity, call d- like d- disgraces our nation by claiming it's an investment. An investment in what exactly? What are my kids going to get get from this? You are strip mining the value of our crumbling economy for what exactly? What investment will my kids get out of this? Might I ask? Oh, is it racist to ask that? Oh, it's offensive to ask that? I don't care anymore. Neither does Tucker. Listen. The point was to fawn over the Ukrainian strip club manager and hand him billions more dollars from our own crumbling economy. It is hard. In fact, it may be impossible to imagine a more humiliating scenario for the greatest country on earth. And we would love to blame Joe Biden for it, but we can't really, not entirely at least. This was bipartisan masochism. The Uniparty is alive and well, despite the best efforts of voters, including last month. And if you doubt that it's alive and well, here's a picture of Zelensky that he had taken with a group of elderly Republican senators in Kiev back in May. They stand grinning next to him in their orthopedic shoes, 70-year-old Susan Collins, John Barrasso, John Cornyn, led by their 80-year-old ringleader, Mitch McConnell. 44-year-old Zelensky poses between them in a skin-tight polo shirt, flexing like a weightlifter and trying to look ferocious. They seem awestruck. Not since a young Fidel Castro showed up in New York wearing battle fatigues has this country's aging leadership class tittered more loudly in delight. They love a man in uniform. What a hunk. So strong and decisive. Look at the expression of Mitch McConnell's face. You could almost hear the giggles of pleasure. No rational person assessing the issues ever would have predicted this moment. Yeah, man, as always, Tucker cuts the quick. So he's right, by the way, Fidel Castro did. Fidel Castro was the man of the year. So was Adolf Hitler. So was Joseph Stalin. Fidel Castro was Time's man of the year. Fidel Castro went through Manhattan and was invited to all the best parties, all the fanciest ting ting champagne glasses. These people loved Fidel Castro. Ooh, rar. Come here. The reason why is that they always fawn over these kind of authoritarian dictators because they themselves want to be authoritarian dictators. Fidel Castro wore clothes like this. This is what Zelensky wore to the White House, wore essentially a tracksuit. I'm getting, um, you know, I'm getting roasted online for criticizing this. I don't care. I don't care. This is a disgrace. Watch. In the corresponding press conference inside of the White House, uh, Biden continued his spiral into dementia by being incapable of speaking the English language. I think that Zelensky speaks better English than Biden. Have a listen. To Ukrainian people, I say to them all, you have demonstrated, you've shown your strong stand against aggression in the face of the imperial appetites of autocrats who wrongfully believe you might, you might, they, they might be able to make might right and they're not able to do it. Thus far, they've not, they've stood alone, you know, and you've have, but you haven't stood alone. You have had significant, significant help. I mean, have you ever seen a political leadership class that hates you more, that wishes and longs for World War III more? By the way, they won't be around for it. You're the ones who are going to have to fight it. It's your children and my children that will have to fight the wars 
and inherit the broken, crumbling world that these people are making. They are too old to be making these decisions. They have no skin in the game. Josh Hawley refused to go to Zelensky's uh, little speech, pandering, panhandling there at Congress, saying something to the effect of, I'm not going to sit there and listen to some uh, foreign dictator beg us for money. And he's exactly right. But of course, Joe Biden couldn't watch. Uh, when the full-scale invasion uh, started, U.S. officials uh, said that Ukraine uh, cannot uh, receive um, petrols because, as you said, it might be um, unnecessary escalation. And now it is happening. Right now, today, it is happening. Um, and now Ukraine desperately needs more cap capabilities, including long-range missiles uh, attackers. Maybe I sound naive, but can we make long story short and give Ukraine all capabilities it needs and uh, liberate all territories rather sooner than later? Thank you. I'm sorry. His answer is yes. <laughs> I agree. So if you didn't follow that, she's talking about Patriot Missile, which is an attack vector, sophisticated military attack vector for strategic strikes well into the territory of Russia. Russia owns the largest number of nuclear weapons on Earth. This would be an open provocation for nuclear war. The goal of these people is regime change in Russia because they cannot control Russia and because they blame Russia for Donald Trump's election victory, presumably. Utterly incoherent and demented, but these degenerates don't care. They are openly fomenting World War III that your children and your children's children will suffer in, and they're laughing in your face about it, and they're funding it. And they continue to fund it. Omnibus, the omnibus bill right now. What is happening in the Senate? It's currently stalled. Because of a very courageous Title 42 amendment that is causing major problems, senators begin discussing a short-term funding bill, which is exactly what needs to happen. Because this omnibus, this $1.7 trillion omnibus, is a cancer. It is a betrayal of you. It is a betrayal of your voice. What this means in basic terms is the Republicans in the Senate, and let's not call them Republicans. I need to come up with a better term for them. But these people are Democrat light. Let's call it Democrat light in the Senate. They're cancer that has taken over our party that does not act in your interests, that simply only ever sides with Democrats and their priorities. They have backstabbed Kevin McCarthy and the uh, will of the people, the voice of our party, to have a house which controls the purse strings of Congress control where the money is going to go. And instead of letting Kevin McCarthy come through and negotiate where bills are going to go and where the money's going to go to fund the government, which, yeah, could presumably lead to a shutdown. I think it's probably good to shut this government down for a while. I would be totally in favor of that. Maybe we should do it permanently. But here we have uh, Kev uh, Leader McConnell going over the will of the American people, doesn't care, and he's going to try and pass funding through next year. Well in next year, not giving Kevin McCarthy the ability to have any say they could hold up funding for border wall 
protection. They could hold up funding for the end of the vaccine mandate and so on and so forth, right? All these little things. That's how Washington works. That's how it works when you have divided government. You horse trade. McCarthy is backstabbing the Republican Party. I'm sorry, forgive me. McConnell is backstabbing the Republican Party once more uh, in uh, trying to push through and ram through Pelosi and Schumer's wish list, along with AOC and Hakeem Jeffries' wish list of an omnibus bill. It's being blocked right now, in case you're wondering uh, uh, if the good guys have any power. They do. Negotiations surrounding the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending package have stalled in the Senate as Mike Lee. Title II amendment has put a wrench in the process, leading some senators to reportedly discuss a short-term funding bill. Instead, Title 42 is an immigration policy that makes it easier for the federal government to send border crossers back to their native countries. Initially implemented by Donald Trump at the start of the pandemic, federal judge recently ordered the President Joe Biden's administration to phase out the program. However, following an emergency application filed by a coalition of 19 Republican-led states, the U.S. Supreme Court Justice John Roberts recently halted the lower court's order. So now, despite Democrat Senate le- leader Chuck Schumer's hopes to bring a bro- vote to the Senate floor of the omnibus bill on Wednesday, Lee's Title 42 amendment is causing big problems because essentially now the Republicans would have to vote for open borders. Now he's forcing the vote on open borders. God bless Mike Lee. Uh, Congressman Bishop has this Twitter Twitter thread up. We'll toss it up on the side here. Can't read through the whole thing. He went through the bill line by line. My team is reading through the bill. Here are some of the things that are in it. Let's just go through the first couple here, okay? In case you're wondering what your Republicans in the Senate are voting for. Expressly prohibits CBP funding from being used to improve border security. There it is. Acquire, maintain, and extend border uh, technology Acquire, extend border security technology and capabilities, except for technology and capabilities that improve border patrol processing. Oh, good. Got it. Okay, let's go. Uh, Same time, it allocates $410 million towards the border security in Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, Tunisia, and Oman. America last in action. Enhanced border security, $400 million of border security. And then, of course, another $45 billion in border security for Ukraine. Hmm. Of course, uh, uh, billions of dollars for membership in global multilateral organizations, including the UN, funding the UN. The word salmon appears 48 times in the bill. Not sure what that means. Uh, Okay, $65 million for salmon seems fishy. Three million for bee-friendly highways, another five million. Okay, let's do one more. This goes on forever. You should go check this out. And last, left out of the spreading spree, 65 million for International Fisheries Commission. Perhaps President Bush was onto something when he said, I know that human beings and fish can coexist peacefully. Hmm. Interesting. Uh there's plenty of funding here for far left-wing extremists, DEI and ESG. Uh, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion offices, handful of the earmarks in the bill, including $3.6 million for a Michelle Obama trail. They're not only funding the Michelle Obama trail, and this is Republicans are on board with this, funding the Michelle Obama trail. They're funding the Nancy Pelosi Federal Building in San Francisco so that you can have another poop-stained building for homeless people to throw their fecal matter at in San Francisco and leave syringes, bloody syringes all over. They're fund the, the Republicans are down for funding the Nancy Pelosi federal building. 
in downtown San Francisco. Millions and millions and millions of dollars. Retiring Patrick Leahy of Vermont also gets himself a federal building. The worst of the worst on display here right now, uh, quite frankly, the Republican parties of these states, Republican Party of Kentucky, needs to kick Mitch McConnell out of the party. I am calling for that. They need to kick, kick Mitch McConnell out of the party. Go read, go read this uh, Twitter thread. We encourage you. Congressman Dan Bishop. God bless. Republicans poised to approve massive FBI funding boost in wake of Twitter revelations. So just in case you're wondering, again, if you have any representation in Washington, you don't. Republicans are set to approve a massive spending bill that includes billions of dollars in funding for the FBI in spite of recently leaked information that found the federal agency colluded with Twitter to censor users. The bill has designated $11 billion for the FBI to investigate extremist violence and domestic terrorism, according to a summary of the bill by House Appropriations Committee. The total reported $500 million more to enacted levels of 2022 fiscal year. So the FBI is getting a raise. They're getting a raise for spying on you and for paying Twitter, by the way, to censor your information. They're not having their building demolished by a wrecking ball funded by Congress and being scattered to the wind, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I'm talking metaphorically, and I'm also talking physically. The FBI building is hideous. I've, I've, you know, I've, call, I've called for the demolition of this hideous, grotesque, uh, uh, brutalist architecture in downtown Washington, D.C. Soviet-style architecture is what the FBI building is. Uh, but I, I've also said that the FBI is an executive order. Do you know this? And any president can take his pen and can get rid of the FBI just like that. And when you've proven that you can no longer execute the oath that you swore to the American people by defending our First Amendment, that's what needs to happen to you. That's what needs to happen to you. James Comer, who's been going hard in on this, had uh, this to say pursuant to the FBI and its funding. Go. In a statement to Fox News, the FBI says, quote, the correspondence between the FBI and Twitter show nothing more than examples of our traditional, longstanding and ongoing federal government and private sector engagements. It is unfortunate that conspiracy theorists and others are feeding the American public misinformation with the sole purpose of attempting to discredit the agency. Republican Congressman Jim Comer says he wants to know more about an FBI task force focused on social media content formed after the 2016 election. One way we could get the FBI in front of the committee really quickly is say, we're not giving you a penny until you all come down here and explain to us what this task force was, why you told Twitter to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story when you knew darn well it was true. I'm so sick. And God bless James Comer. I'm so sick of ball gag gimp Republicans. That's what they are. A traitor Republican, not rhinos. Just calling him a rhino is a dis, is is an insult to the beautiful rhinoceros, who is a member of God's creation and is a majestic beast. Uh, no, they're gimp suit Republicans. They wear ball gags in their mouth. They get dog walked by Democrats, and they allow abuse to happen to them. That that's their the, their role in life is to be abuse vessels for the deep state. That is what Mitch McConnell is. Even though he's not as limber as he used to be. Uh, that is what the Repu Republican leadership is, is, GIMP leadership, the GIMP leadership, the, the GIMP and SIMP leadership, Republican Party. The only way that you grab this administrative state by the nuts and force them to not be communist vestiges of a Politburo um, run by Marxists, if you, you take away their funding. And Congress has every right and power to do that, power of the purse. 
You just strip the funding. This is exactly what Democrats would do if the FBI was going after and censoring Democrats and Democrat politicians and Democrat presidents. But of course, like the entire the weight and the balance in this country is so tilted that it just it, it, you couldn't imagine that. But if Twitter dared censor Democrats or leftists, I mean, they like took they offlined a couple of far left reporters for breaking Twitter's terms of service for like an hour last week. And it, again, it was like January 6th all over again. It's Pearl Harbor Day. It's called the Great Thursday Night Massacre is what it's called on Wikipedia. These people, man, they are these people are these people are cruising for a brutal, brutal meeting with reality. When my generation, I'm 36, my generation of Republicans are getting into office, we will not abide by more McConnells. That it, those are the failures of the boomer. McConnell is a is a failed edifice, fossil of a bygone generation that is trying to sabotage on their way out and burn the house down as hard as they can. And we're not going to let them. We're not going to let them. Steve Scalise is being privately prepped by Republicans to snatch the gavel from McCarthy. There's some pretty shocking reporting here from the Washington Examiner. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy seeks to fend off inter-party opposition in a bid to become the next House Speaker. Several Republicans are reportedly huddling behind the top member of the party for a possible leadership challenge. A group of lawmakers approached number two Republican Steve Scalise about running for House Speaker in the next Congress should McCarthy fail, telling him just be ready, familiar sources Politico. Scalise could offer a more agreeable alternative to McCarthy as the House Minority Leader has faced opposition from a handful of Republicans that threatened to derail his speakership bid. This is the this is what happens when you fail. McCarthy could have gone out and could have won. She could have McCarthy could have helped fund my girl Lauren Boebert. Lauren Boebert didn't get a penny from Kevin McCarthy. She won her race by like two votes. Lauren Boebert's one of the best members of Congress there is. Kim McCarthy didn't spend a dime in helping her out. Kim McCarthy could have gone out and won more votes and helped more people, but he didn't. And now you have a razor thin margin and he might not get the gavel. Instead, Scalise launched a bid for House Minority Leader being selected as the number two position in November, running uncontested. Meanwhile, Scalise has kept a low profile. McCarthy fights off inter-party opposition. Does he want to be speaker? Absolutely. But is he going to screw Kevin? Absolutely not. One person uh, who's close to Scalise told the outlet, Scalise is not, has not been organizing support or making related calls to a speakership bid, but conservatives have hinted that they would back Scalise. And yo, if you have to win and you hold a, 20, a 222 to 213 advantage in the House for the next two years, McCarthy has literally zero room for error. Five GOP lawmakers have publicly said that they will not back his speakership bid, and McCarthy cannot afford to lose more than four votes. So there you go. Those uh, people include Andy Biggs, Matt Gates, Ralph Norman, Matt Rosedale. What you're going to do? The vote is on January 3rd. Tough times, ladies and gentlemen. Tough times for the Uniparty. McCarthy was really cozy with Paul Ryan. McCarthy was really cozy with a lot of the deeply unpopular policies of the flaccid Republican Party. Remember when we had a Republican Senate and House and president and they couldn't somehow find five billion dollars to build the border wall? Yeah. Remember that? And then they spent a hundred. They sent a hundred billion dollars to Ukraine. Couldn't find five billion dollars to build the border wall for Donald Trump. We had a unified we had unified government. This is the difference between Republicans. And this is the difference between my generation and the bygone generation of fossils who are aging out into nursing homes currently in charge. 
Mark my words, my generation will not govern like this. Will to power. Will to power means the people who send you to Washington to have power and act on their behalf want you to use that power, to wield that power, to make their lives better. We have a vision for America. We can project that vision strongly. We can crush our opposition. Because our vision is actually quite popular, says the man who lives in Florida right now. A state that had every single county swing extremely rightward. Every county. Miami-Dade was won by Republicans this election cycle. There is a style of Republicanism that is excruciatingly popular. Do you know that the majority, the plurality, a plurality of Latino, first-generation Latinos in Florida support DeSantis's migrant flights to Martha's Vineyard? Did you know that postgraduates were won by Ron DeSantis? Postgraduates. Let that marinate for a second. People with multiple degrees of college education and sophistication voted for Ron DeSantis. He won them in this state. He won suburban women. He won mothers. There is a way. It's my generation's way where we actually turn this country back into a red kingdom like it belongs. But we have to get these fossil, these old, diseased chattel out of the way and out to pasture for this to start, for us to start getting to work and use will to power to actually project power and use the tools that are available to us to save this country. And that's what we're going to do. We do it every single day on the show. We fight. God, family, country. That's what we support. I'm not shy about it. God, family, country. We're free men and women. We're going to stay that way because we're going to go on offense. We're going to win. So what we do here every single day, we say, thank you. God bless you. God bless Carrie Lake for going on offense. We hope that she wins in Arizona. We're praying for her. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show.